Chapter eighteen of Naval Occasions by Bartimaeus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter eighteen. The seventh day. The sub lieutenant clanked into the gunroom and surveyed the apartment critically. The junior midshipmen stationed at each scuttle fell to burnishing the brass butterfly nuts with sudden and anxious renewal of energy. Stinks of beer a bit, observed the sub, but otherwise it's all right hide that pinkin under the tablecloth one of you as he spoke the notes of a bugle drifted down the hatchway there you are officers call clear out of it sharp hastily they tucked away the possible cause of offence to their captain bundled their cleaning rags into a cupboard snatched their dirks off the rack and hurried on deck on the quarter-deck the remainder of the officers were assembling in answer to the summons of the bugle frock-coated figures clanked to and fro struggling with refractory white gloves under the supervision of a bearded petty officer the quarter-deckmen were hurriedly putting the finishing touches to neatly coiled boats falls and already gleaming metalwork it was nine a m on a sunday forenoon and the ship was without stain or blemish from her gilded truck to her freshly painted water-line all the working hours of the previous day what time the citizen ashore donned pearlies or broadcloth and shut up shop the blue jacket had been burnishing and scrubbing a lick of paint here there a scrap of gold leaf or a pound of elbow grease and pervading the ship was the comfortless atmosphere of an organization normally in a high state of adjustment strained yet a point higher the commander came suddenly out of the captain's cabin and nodded to the officer of the watch sound off with the bell the buglers drawn up in line at the entrance to the battery moistened their lips in anticipation and raised their bugles the corporal of the watch stepped to the bell and jerked the clapper ding ding simultaneously the four bugles blared out and the hundreds of men forward in the waist of the ship and on the forecastle formed up into their different divisions and stood easy the divisions were ranged along both sides of the ship forecastle foretop maintop quarter-deck men on one side stokers daymen and marines on the other the rig of the day was number ones which was attended by certain obligations in the matter of polished boots carefully brushed hair and shaven faces to any one unversed in the mysteries of the sailor's garb the men appeared to be dressed merely in loose comfortably fitting blue clothes but a hundred subtleties in that apparently simple dress received the wearer's attention before he submitted himself to the lynx-eyed inspection of his divisional lieutenant that morning the sit of the blue jean collar the spotless flannel the easy play of the jumper round the hips the immaculate lines of the bell-bottomed trousers harder to fit properly than any tail-coat or riding-breeches all came in for a more critical overhaul than did ever a young girl before her first ball and the result in all its pleasing simplicity was the sailor's unconscious tribute to that one day of the seven wherein his luckier brethren ashore do no manner of work the captain stepped out of his cabin and the waiting group of officers saluted the heads of departments made their reports and then with an attendant retinue of midshipmen aides-de-camp messengers and buglers followed the captain down the hatchway for the rounds along the mess-decks deserted save for an occasional sweeper or ship's corporal standing at attention swept the procession 
halting at a galley or casement as the captain paused to ask a question or pass a white-gloved hand along a beam in search of dust then aft again past gunroom and wardroom with a stoppage outside the former the captain elevated his nose i think the beer-barrel must be leaking sir said the sub-lieutenant standing the rounds in the doorway see to it was the reply and the cortege swept on with swords clanking and lanterns throwing arcs of light into dark corners suspected of harbouring a hastily concealed deck-cloth or of being the pet cash for somebody's coaling suit up in the sunlight of the outer world the band was softly playing selections from the pirates of penzance the ship's goat having discovered a white kid glove dropped by the midshipman of the maintop retired with it to the shelter of the boat hoist engine for a hurried cannibalistic feast the officers of divisions had concluded the preliminary inspection and were pacing thoughtfully to and fro in front of their men suddenly the captain's head appeared above the after hatchway the lieutenant of the quarter-deck division in the midst of receiving a whispered account of an overnight dance from his midshipman wheeled abruptly and called his division to attention then off hats as if actuated by a single lever each man raised his left hand whipped off his hat and brought it to his side the captain acknowledged the lieutenant's salute and passed quickly down the ranks his keen eyes travelling rapidly from each man's face to his boots once or twice he paused to ask a question and then passed on to the next waiting division presently the bugler sounded the disperse the divisions turned forward stepped outward and broke up here and there the midshipman of a division remained standing scribbling hurriedly in his notebook such criticisms as it had pleased his captain to make one man's hair had wanted cutting it was time another had passed for leading seaman a third had elected to attend divisions on this the sabbath of the lord his god without the knife attached to his lanyard half an hour later the normal aspect of the quarter-deck had changed rows of plank benches resting on capstan bars supported by buckets filled the available space on each side of the barbette chairs for the officers had been placed further aft facing the men who were to occupy the benches in front of the burnished muzzles of the two great twelve-inch guns a lectern had been draped with a white flag and between the guns a cello flute and violin prepared to augment the strains of a rather wheezy harmonium then the bell began to toll and a flag crept to the peak to inform the rest of the fleet that the ship was about to commence divine service the men hurried aft seamen and marines pouring in a continuous stream through the open doors from the batteries no sooner had the last man squeezed hurriedly into his place with the slightly hangdog air seamen assume in the full glare of the public eye than the master-at-arms appeared at the battery door and reported every one aft to the commander the captain took his chair facing the ship's company and a little advance of the remainder of the officers the chaplain walked up the hatchway stepped briskly to the lectern and gave out a hymn the orchestra played the opening bars five hundred men swung themselves to their feet and the service began presently the captain crossed to the lectern and read the lesson for the day it dealt with warfare and bloodshed and there was a suddenly awakened interest in the rows of intent faces opposite for this was the consummation each man present believed would ultimately come to some day's work 
although it might not be amid the welter and crash of shattered chariot and struggling horses nor the twang of released bowstrings and the stern level voice went on to tell of the establishment of laws wise and austere as those which regulated the reader's paths and those of his listeners while under the stern walk a flock of gulls screeched and quarrelled and the water lapped with a drowsy soothing sound against the side of the ship after a while the chaplain gave out the number of another hymn the blue jacket's most enthusiastic admirer would hesitate to describe him as a devout man but when the words and tune are familiar it may be reminiscent of happier surroundings the sailor man will sing a hymn with the fervour of inspiration and if only for the sake of the half-effaced memories it recalled the volume of bass harmony that rolled across the sunlit harbour doubtless travelled as far as the thunder of organ and chant from many a cathedral choir then standing very upright his fingers linked behind his back the chaplain commenced his sermon he spoke very simply adorning his periods with no flowery phrase or ornate quotation suiting the manner of his delivery to the least intelligent of his hearers there was no fierce denunciation no sudden gestures nor change in the grave even voice he touched on matters not commonly spoken of in pulpits and his speech was wondrous plain as indeed was meet for a congregation such as his and they were no clay under the potter's thumb composed for the most part of men indifferent to religion almost fiercely resentful of interference with their affairs living on crowded mess-decks afloat fair game for every crimp and land-shark ashore but there was that in the same temperate discourse that passed beyond creed or dogma and a tattooed fist suddenly clinched on its owner's hat-brim or the restless shifting of a foot told where a shaft passed home here and there screened by his fellows a tired man's head nodded drowsily but the padre had learned twenty years before that it took more than a sermon to keep awake a seated man who had perhaps kept the middle watch and turned out for the day at six fifteen a m in the five hundred odd pairs of eyes that remained fixed on his face he doubtless read a measure of compensation the short-cropped heads bowed as in clear tones the benediction was pronounced and remain with you always an instant's pause and then officers and men standing upright and rigid they sang the national anthem the captain turned and nodded to the commander who was putting on his cap pipe down End of chapter eighteen